Welcome to the College Student Success Podcast, a podcast where college students and faculty come together to talk about mental health, wellness, mentorship, and entrepreneurship. Together, we set and achieve goals for ourselves to get us where we want to be. I'm your host, Derek Malinzak, and this is episode 91 of the podcast. And welcome back, everybody, to week two. And I hope that, uh, I hope your week one was, um, Less stressful than you anticipated it to be. Um, mine was. I had a good first week. Got to know a lot of my students. Um, really happy to be back in the classroom in front of students again. I, uh, I taught all online last semester. So my uh, student contact was limited. And uh, I recognized immediately this last week when I was back in front of them in the classroom as opposed to behind the computer screen, that I really missed it, and I enjoyed it a lot. So that's great. Not so happy with the extra time away from home late at night. I was saying that to my son this morning, but it is what we do. Uh, So welcome, everybody. I hope that you are ready for... Uh, the beginning of a little mini-series that we'll be doing, focusing on executive functioning for college students and also for faculty. Uh, This is going to be a four-part series, and my goal over the next week, I'm sorry, over the next, I guess, eight weeks, I'd say, is to alternate uh, episodes of this series, which starts today, and alternate it with interviews. So this week we'll start the series. Next week we'll have an interview. The following week we'll do part two of the series. The next week we'll do an interview. The following week part three, etc. And that way I think it will get broken up a little and that, you know, if people aren't into it, you know, they'll at least still be maybe tuning in every other week for the interviews uh, and gives you time to sort of implement some of these strategies if you haven't already. I did an episode almost a year ago uh, where I sort of packed all of it into one episode, and that was episode 72, Cognitive Tips and Tricks for College Students, I think it may have been called. So this one is going to sort of expand on that. So if you want like sort of the Cliff Notes version, you can you can listen to that, and if you like that one, you're going to really like this series. But before we get into part one, which is going to be the planning of uh, executive functioning. I have a few introductory things. I have a revision, actually, on my goal. Uh, And I think it's important. I was going to save this for the end when I normally talk about goal uh, stuff, but uh, I think it's important to introduce the topic today. Uh, So if you remember last week, I set the goal of wanting to write this research article, uh, and I'm still doing that, and it's still a goal, and I sort of already have some accountability built in in the form of a college student that's uh, doing an independent study with me and is uh, sort of invested in having this article written in a timely manner as well because we have a finite amount of time together. We have 15 weeks. Now I got 14. So it's in my best interest uh, to see her succeed. So I really am motivated to get this done. And so I already have motivation. I I don't necessarily need the podcast to help me with that. And I have to admit, it was sort of, um, 
sort of a layup <laughs> in choosing that goal last week. I went into it and I, and I had a lot of stuff set up, but I, that was the one thing I was stuck on. I'm like, what's going to be my goal for this semester? And then uh, I just kind of went with it because that was what I was thinking about. And it struck me this week, I was in the shower actually, and it struck me when I was thinking about when I would have the time to write this article. And I realized that my goal needs to be more of a habit than uh, an outcome. And what I mean by that is my new goal, let me tell you my new goal and then I can explain it, is going to be to be up and writing, or yoga, maybe once a week, uh, up and writing at 6 a.m. four or five days a week. I'm still just finishing up working this goal out, but basically a change to modifying my sleep schedule to be up earlier in the morning. So how does this have to do with writing an article? Some of you may be able to see it, right? I need time. So my most productive time is in the morning when I first wake up. And so if I kind of can change my schedule to wake up earlier and devote an hour in the morning to writing, write from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., and that's then when I'll start my day with getting my son up and whatnot, I can uh, knock that task out. And that's really, I like to, to do the most important task first, or in some cases, the task I'm going to hate the most, I try and do first. Uh, and that's a that's a planning tip. And that is something that uh, maybe I should have saved for, you know, when I get into it. But, you know, it's a good little tidbit. It's like, if you are looking at your list of things to do, and you know that, you know, X number one, next X number of them, five of them have to be done today. Start with the one that you're going to hate the most because you get it out of the way and it really sets you up to, to knock out the rest of them or at the very least knock out half of it and then go on to something else that you hate a little less. So why did I make this change? Well, I made it because I needed the time to be able to write and I thought I could use the podcast to help me with that. And number two, when this is over, when this article is written, I'm still going to need the time because I have other things I'm going to need to write. And mainly I'm thinking about my dissertation with this. I, I want to gear up to sort of get in the mindset of writing every morning because, or reading, reading and writing. You know, some of it will be reading an article and then maybe the next morning, you know, writing up, you know, the summary or, you know, adding to whatever the narrative is that I'm, or point I'm at. So this is more important to me Uh, because I could write the article even without doing this. I know I could. I would work on the weekends or at night, but I think that I'd be better equipped if I set myself up to do this and get, get it out of the way first thing in the morning. So one more thing before I get into the planning part that you guys may use, and I used it actually this time, to kind of fine-tune your goals or clarify how central of a part they're going to play in your life. It's called the ICR scale. And then I assessed where I was at. It was a self-assessment. I stands for importance. C stands for confidence. R stands for readiness. ICR. So you rate yourself on a 1 to 10 scale. 
on first importance. How important is this goal of you know changing my sleeping habits? How confident am I that I can make this change? And lastly, how ready am I to make this change? So if I were to sort of um, assess myself, I rated myself a nine on importance. And I kind of talked about why just now. It's beyond the article. Uh, I have a vested interest in setting regular time aside to read and write and do scholarship every day. And I'm really going to need that for the next couple of years. So why not start now uh, when it will serve me? Uh, another time, another reason why this is a good time for me to be starting to do this is um, daylight savings is coming up, and that's going to help me a lot. And um, because it's weird, because it actually makes it harder in the morning to wake up for some. But it's a, it's a sign that spring is coming, and I, the little signs are, are are starting to pop up here and there. We've had some nice weather here in the Northeast; it's been wonderful. Um, and I don't think I could set this goal up or start this goal heading into the winter. It's just not as a – I'm just not as happy in the winter as I am in, in the spring and summer and even into the fall. So uh, I'll be more motivated to get up when I know that it's going to be nicer weather. So might as well start now. And, you know, if I start in this time – like I haven't started yet. I My first step was uh, – setting up my alarm on my iPhone so they have that like bedtime thing where you could set when you go to bed and when you wake up and it will give you reminders and I had it turned off for a long time so I turned it back on last night and I set my alarm I'm setting my alarm for 5 30 because I have stuff to do before I'm writing you know get up make coffee walk the dog pretty much so that's why it's that important to me it's a nine Uh, an eight for confidence is where I rated myself uh, I'm pretty high, uh, but not as high as, as my importance. I've done it before. Uh, when I first got my dog, my dog would wake me up really early in the morning, and I, I started to get in the habit of waking up at like 5.30 every morning. And I did it for a long time because she would wake me up, and I had that as my motivator. And now she's gotten older. That's when she was a puppy, and she doesn't you know, do that to me anymore. And I got out of the habit. And another thing at the same time was um, my son, you know, was born and, you know, he would get up early. My wife for a while was getting up super early when uh, she went back to work with him because she had a long commute. And that was getting up at 530. So I know I could do it, but it's hard. I mean, like I said, I set it for uh, this morning and, and I woke up. I mean, my alarm went off. I didn't wake up um, until 7, <laughs> my normal wake up time. So this is like going to take some time for me uh, and to build up my confidence, but I'm pretty sure I'll be able to do it. And then readiness, I, I did it as a nine. I rated myself as a nine. Uh, I'm listening to my intuition. When I was in the shower and, and that occurred to me, I was like, no, this is the right move. I just knew that this was the right move to change this goal. So with that, I'll be reporting on it. Uh, I urge you, if you haven't already, to set a goal for yourself that you want to get done. Maybe it's something related to school. Maybe it's not. Uh, you might be able to use, I don't even say might, you will be able to use these uh, executive functioning strategies, whether you're a student or a faculty member, in pursuit of that goal as well. And I'll give some examples over time for that. So uh, so yeah, the introduction now for the this little mini-series, it's going to be Executive Functioning Strategies for College Students and Faculty. And 
this comes about due to my background in researching this topic, working as a cognitive specialist. So this is a topic that I feel like I know pretty well. And I've touched on it, you know, over a bunch of different episodes, a little bit at a time, but I've never tackled it like I'm going to tackle it over these uh, four episodes. So there's going to be four of them. This week, we're going to focus on planning. The second episode of the series, we're going to be focusing on memory. The third, we will focus on attention. And with that sort of inhibiting automatic responses, those responses that are like, oh, you should check your phone now. That's sort of like what I'm talking about, inhibiting them so you can better pay attention to what you're doing. And four is cognitive flexibility slash set shifting. And if you don't know what set shifting is, think of like multitasking uh, and how to manage those things. So planning has to be the first one. (laughs) Uh, It just sort of sets up the rest of the topics because if you don't have this one, it's, it's really, really hard to to do anything else with efficiency in your life. Uh, before we get into that, let me just talk about what cognition and executive functioning actually are. First, definition of cognition I have, and this is going to be in the show notes for you as well. A set of mental processes that underlie learning, including attention, memory, comprehending language, verbal and visual recognition, computation, reasoning, and problem solving. So that's pretty broad. You know, we use cognition, cognitive processes, all day, every day, right? Um, Executive functions are a specific set of cognitive strategies or cognitive functions. Uh, So the definition for executive functions are an umbrella term for the cognitive processes that help thought and action or the cognitive control system. So they're the, again, cognitive processes that help thought and action, and that's the primary ones. And you got other ones that guide you know, many other processes. So when you think about thinking and action, what is a central component to that? It's gonna be planning, right? So if we get into our strategies here. So I'm gonna sort of, uh, handle the student strategies, and then I'll get into the instructor ones. And I think instructors can benefit from the student strategies and vice versa. So don't think you'll, you know, oh, I should just skip skip through the instructor strategies when he gets to them because I'm a student. I don't care about them. No, the strategies that I give, you might be able to sort of better understand how instructors are setting up their classes, both online and in person, or if they're doing it really haphazardly and disorganized in a way that does not support your cognitive functioning or executive functioning, then you should suggest uh, things either right to their face if you feel empowered to do so or anonymously on the course evaluations because it's going to help. It's going to help the students that come after you so much if they uh, actually take your take your word for it. Uh, and implement those changes. So student strategies for planning. What's the number one tool? What's the number one planning tool you have at your disposal at any given time? If you said calendar, you'd be right. Ding, 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 ding. Calendars, essential. Uh, I'm, I want to assume that everybody out there listening to me right now, if you've been listening for any amount of time, and that you've already heard me talk about calendaring, right? And yet, here I am talking about it again. 
uh, because I know that there's people out there that are not relying on their calendar. They may be using it. Using it is different than relying on it. Relying on it is the feeling of if I lost my calendar right now, I would be completely lost. And that's kind of a scary feeling in some senses to put your that much faith in something like a calendar, independence. But that's what we got to do these days because we got so much damn shit we got to remember. Um, and it's everybody. It's not just me. And it's not just successful people. Though I don't know an, a successful person out there that does not use a calendar. Uh, and if they do, if they don't, and they're super successful, you get to the point then where you just pay somebody to manage your calendar for you. That's pretty sweet. Right? So calendars, you part of it, if you have a calendar but you're not relying on it, my guess is it might have to do with the type of calendar or your, your habits surrounding it, right? You either don't have the one that fits your lifestyle well, and so it's inconvenient for you to use it. Or you're just not in the habit of checking on it and entering things, you know, so that then it doesn't become all-encompassing. It's just got some random dates here and there. It's going to be one of those two things. Uh, I know there's people out there that have anxiety issues that – it was legitimately hard for them to open up a calendar. So they could put things into it. It's like, oh, I got to remind myself because I'm anxious. I don't want to forget that I have a uh, therapy appointment next Thursday, you know, example. And so they put that in the calendar. And then they put everything else in the calendar. But then their anxiety gets to be such that they don't – it's like, oh, my God, I have so much to do, I know. I don't even want to open that thing because I'm afraid of what's in there. And that's, that's hard. I empathize with that struggle. But we, we have the, – the think about the payoff is when we do accomplish things, the relief we feel, you know. Um, and if the things seem too big, then they need to get broken down, right? Um, and I have that as an instructor strategy that I'm going to talk about in a little bit for like larger projects. So – how do we use a calendar effectively, right? So number one, we enter everything in from our life into it, not just our school stuff and we don't have separate work and, and school and life calendars. You put it all that shit together. Everything, everything you need to remember gets in there. Uh, and then the other part is a weekly review. So set up at least once a week a time consistently if possible – when you're going to go into that calendar and update it for the week uh, upcoming, right? Uh, you should be checking it every day as well. And, you know, if you're anywhere, you know, rely on your calendar, you check it almost every day. You may not check it on the weekends, but uh, most days during the week when you have work or school, you, you know, you're, you're relying on it, you're checking it. So the weekly review is once a week, and that's going to be longer. That's when you're going to sit with it for, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes and kind of look at the week ahead and be like, what do I have to do? What do I have to plan? How do I have to plan? How do I have to prepare? The time of the week you do that depends on your, your lifestyle and your schedule. You know, last year I was into doing it on Friday because I had, you know, Different things I had to set up and emails sent I had to send in preparation for Monday. I didn't have time on Monday when I got up to do that kind of stuff. So 
Weekly review, super important. Task management. Now, let me go to to-do list first and then task management. To-do list is the calendar's uh, sibling, their brother and sister. Uh, I don't want to engender one or the other, so um, I don't know what's what. So the to-do list goes with your calendar pretty much everywhere, and it has all your next, next action steps. Uh, I did a podcast episode on the GTD, Getting Things Done. This was a long time ago. Philosophy, and this is what I took away from that uh, that book. And that's a funny thing. you know. Sometimes you'll read a book, and, you, and you'll be like, oh, that was a great book. Uh, or you'll be like, ah, that was a shitty book. Either way, uh, but, you know, you just might, you know, he had a whole system, and there was a lot of parts to it, and there was like two things that I took away from that system. This, you know, the to-do list, you know, with all the next action steps and the way that his filing system for filing stuff. So to-do list is like just as important as my calendar. I rely on it and I look at it every day. Now I take another step where I make a daily to-do list. So I have like my master to-do list where anytime I'll just think of something, any part of my life goes on that to-do list. It's like, oh, I got to do that. And then every day I set up a daily to-do list. And that usually goes on a small piece of paper. It can't fit too many things. And I put like everything that I have to do for that day, you know, appointments, uh, assignments and whatnot. And, you know, I have to check off everything before I can be done. And And sometimes I don't get it all done, right? Sometimes I overshoot and I'll just move things to the next day or I'll just cross them out or maybe I can delegate them to somebody else. Um, but I have to like account for them. Um, some days are lighter than usual. I, I put what I have to do and then I look around and I'm like, oh, I'm done. And sometimes I'll look at my master list and, you know, try and bang out one or two more of those. Sometimes I'll just kick back and hang out on Reddit, you know. Uh, it all depends on, on what the day is like. So today is, a, today is a busy one. I got a lot going on. So th- this was actually one of the bigger tasks I had to do today. There's a lot of little ones today. Uh, so I wanted to bang it out, you know, as early as I could. It wasn't the first thing I did. I don't hate doing this, but I do want to be as mentally alert as possible. I don't want to be recording a podcast at three in the afternoon. It's just not my not my super energetic time. You wouldn't get me at my best. Why would you want that? All right, task management and time management. So people are used to hearing about time management, you know, where you basically account for your time. And not too many people hear about task management, which is accounting for tasks. So when you have your syllabus, you look at your syllabus, you're going to have all these major due dates, which need to be transferred in there. I've talked about that, you know, ad nauseum at this point, I think. I won't spend a lot of time on it. Uh, but you're going to have different tasks each week, right? And you're, you know, hopefully your, your syllabus will have some kind of topical outline where each week it'll say, like, you know, you have this discussion forum due or this assignment due or this thing to read or this project to submit or this exam to take. And so they all go in your calendar, of course, But you manage that task by figuring out, okay, so for the discussion forum, what is the task, the next task that I have to do for that? You know, do I have to do reading for it? No, I already did the reading. Uh, So now I have to sort of formulate my, you know, my initial post. And so, you know, that's going to go on my to-do list. And so you manage the task with the next action steps. And then you have the deadlines 
all put into your calendar. And if you're blocking out time on your calendar, you know, you can then take action on these steps and sort of label it. It's like, okay, so between 12 and 1, I'm going to work on my discussion forums. Um, between, and then I'm going to take a break and go for a walk with my dog and take a shower. <laughs> and then I'm going to read this chapter, you know, and I'm blocking out an hour in my calendar for that. Um, instead of just blocking out, you know, from 10 to 2, schoolwork, you know, because when you sit down at 10, it's like, all right, now you're going to waste extra time. What do I have to do? What should I do first? You know, when you have it all broken out by task, when you have your to-do list, maybe you use your daily to-do list like I do, you're not going to waste that time. So I'm a firm believer in task management. I'm a firm believer in finding the calendar that works for you. If you are not relying on your calendar, switch it up. You know, it's annoying to transfer everything, right? But try a paper calendar, you know? I can't tell you enough. Like, yes, we are such a digital world these days, and we are continually going to move towards that. But we will never get rid of paper completely. And paper and pencil, for certain people, or pen, (laughs) has its place in being able to work more productively. I have certain things that just I, – I could do it on computer, um, but I'm so much more efficient and I could see the problem so much better when I'm writing it and I can remember the material when I write it out as opposed to type it out. But there will be more of that in the uh, memory and attention section. So on to the next, consistent time spent working. And I wrote online uh, – But really, if you're not taking an online class, this is just working in general, right? So I found from talking to a lot of people with mental health issues that one of the things that they consistently report as being one of the most helpful things for them is consistency and structure in their life. Knowing when they're going to do the same things at the same time each day, each week is important to people. It helps calm the mind. It helps reduce anxiety. Now, there are people out there probably screaming at me right now like, hey, I am a spontaneous fucking person and I hate structure. Okay. You and I are not very alike then. (laughs) Um, And what I would say to that is (laughs) you're going to hate me, but plan your spontaneous time, right? Plan a weekend where you don't block it, where you don't schedule anything Except time to be like, all right, I don't got anything to do. What the fuck am I going to do today? And you go do it and have a blast and try not to think about me or planning or executive functioning when you do it. Unless it's the plan is to like reorganize your life with your calendar. So, I mean, that's the best I could do. But this whole like, all right, I have a bunch of stuff to do today. I sit down. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be spontaneous and do this other thing. That can work one once in a while. Really, once for me, like I'd say, like once every six months to a year. <laughs> so once a semester, maybe you could just blow off your work and uh, do something that you just want to do. Sometimes you have to blow it off because you, and that's when I you normally do this is because I need to, right? I have my whole day set up, my my to do list set up, and then I find out my son is staying home and my in laws can't watch him, and so I'm watching him. It's like up. Oh, I used to have this happen at work. I'd have a whole thing, list of things to do, and I'd walk in, and there'd be a crisis, my old job. And it's like, look, now I'm dealing with the crisis all day. 
and you put it on hold and now you have to find time in your schedule to figure out what's next. So you're never it's never going to be perfectly structured, but you think of all of the things that could go, you know, wrong in your life and know that crisis has come up and that's like that's to me the spontaneity, like, you know, sorry to frame it that way. It's like, all right, I need to to respond. I need to be responsive and and flexible when things go wrong. So that's my like spontaneous like, all right, now I'm doing this. So my planning is is now taking uh, a turn. Um, So consistent time is for me workflow. And I just worked on this uh, earlier this week because I don't know what my workflow is going to be until I'm sort of into my semester, like the first couple of weeks. Um, it, that's when I realize, okay, I need to spend, you know, this much amount of time on this class. So for me, it's, you know, grading and making sure the class runs. For instructors out there, you're, you're with me. For students, it's like getting all, all of your shit done, right? So your workflow, let me give you an example. So I'm teaching, you know, four different classes a semester. One of them's on Monday afternoon. And so all I have on Mon- is Monday morning. I have very little stuff. So I open one of my online classes on Monday morning. I open the other one on Tuesday morning because it's too much for me to have to open two classes. And I have the flexibility to say, no, this class is going to start on Tuesdays. Uh, on Tuesdays, I revise a, a weekly quiz that I give out on Tuesday nights. I revise it on Tuesday morning. I have, you know, a weekly email that goes out to my students with PowerPoint attachments, you know. So these are just things that I'm going to be doing every week. And it sets me up to know, like, how much time I'm going to have to spend. Wednesdays, I work on grading an assignment in a specific class. Thursdays, I do another assignment, you know. Fridays, I, you know, whatever it is. So you're, you're hopefully going to be setting up these things and you're going to have week, you're going to have gaps in your schedule every week where these things fall into know your natural energy cycles to be able to know like, all right, you know, the things that I'm going to hate to do or the hardest things to do, I want to do during my natural, you know, energy cycle peak. So for me, that's the morning, you know, I try and do all of my grading, you know, first thing, because it's, it's annoying to me, and I don't like it. And it takes a lot of my mental energy. um, And I feel good when it's done, because I can focus on things that are, you know, a little more enjoyable for me. So I cannot stress enough how important it is from a planning perspective to have this workflow sort of set up. Now, how else does this help is you can now figure out when to schedule other things, right? So if you have, say, an, a doctor or dentist appointment, I got that to schedule on my to-do list. Um, if you have one of those, if you have a doctor or dentist appointment to schedule and you sit down with your calendar and your phone, you're like, all right, I'm going to call my dentist now. You want to think about, for me, the what I think about is like when I don't want to interrupt my workflow. So I'm not going to schedule my dentist appointment for, you know, 1030 in the morning on a Wednesday when I am already scheduled, usually am grading assignments. Because if I'm doing that, now I'm like, oh, now I got to find another time to grade my assignments. So I'd rather schedule a dentist appointment in the afternoon and I that's generally my my method is I try and schedule all my meetings anytime I'm meeting with somebody whether it be on the phone or over the internet on like a zoom or skype uh it's podcast interviews uh, any kind of meeting with another person I try and if I if at all possible schedule in the afternoon why because I'm kind of more tired in the afternoon and you may be like oh well 
Yeah, well, I still have work I have to get done, right? And it's easier for me to have a meeting because I could feed off the energy of another person or a group. Yeah, I might be a little sluggish, but I'd rather be sluggish, you know, at that time and have a meeting than things to grade. Because if I have things to grade, I'm not going to do as good a job, number one, of my grading. And number two, I'm going to procrastinate other times. I'm like, I just don't feel like doing this. I'm going to do it another time. And when you get behind, you know, it sucks. So that's just uh, part of the weekly review and why that's important for preventing getting behind. From an instructor standpoint, encourage these habits and routines, you know. So make your assignments more routine, you know, if you can. You know, have – I try and have, you know, assignments always do the same day of the week, for example. Uh, if it's like an online class. Uh, large projects, you know, if you have a paper that you're assigning for the end of the semester and it's like a 10-page research paper, give your students some due dates ahead of that, right? Make them send you their topic by, you know, a month and a half before it's due. Make them send you an outline a month before it's due. And the students out there might be like, oh, Derek, don't be telling them to do that. But you guys, on the other hand, should be doing this for yourselves anyway, right? If you see at the end of your semester you have a 10-page research paper to do, it's going to go in your calendar, right? Oh, a 10-page research paper due April 15th. But what else are you going to put in there ahead of that? Are you going to break that task down into more manageable chunks or are you going to wait until like a week and a half before where you do your weekly review and you look ahead and you're like, ah, shit, I got this research paper. I didn't even start it yet. If your instructor hasn't been giving you little assignments along the way to kind of prompt you to take action, you know, they may not do that. I'm suggesting that they do. If they don't, then it becomes, the onus becomes on you and you should be doing it anyway because you're going to be able to work at your more flexible schedule that's better for you anyway in the process. Uh, Third, return grades consistently. (laughs) Students that are along, like, say it loud, say it proud, Derek. Like, turn your shit, return your shit to your classes with feedback, good feedback if possible, on a consistent basis. And this goes back to the workflow, right? So if you're doing what I'm doing, you're doing that, right? I'm, I'm getting all my grades out pretty much by Friday for the week prior. So that my students know. I don't necessarily always commit. Like I'll have it out by on Wednesday, but I'll say by Friday or something like that. And when I don't have it out, I update, I send an email or post a message in Moodle and say, listen, I wasn't able to get to it this week. Or if I know, like if it's papers, you know, I'm like, it's going to take me two weeks. I already know. So be upfront about when you're returning stuff. Students depend on that feedback and, and do it consistently. Don't don't batch a bunch of things and be like, oh, I'm only going to return stuff once a month unless the class really is set up that way. I I don't think that that's very nice (laughs) um, because it doesn't give students a clear direction of where they're at with the course. And here's the last one for in-class mainly for faculty is wait till the end of class to announce like your housekeeping items. So housekeeping is like the stuff at the end of my um, podcast show notes. You know, it's like, oh, here's where you contact me and here's where, you know, you can download the podcast. In a classroom, it's like, here's what's coming up next week. 
here's a, a minor change to the syllabus. Uh, here, don't forget about this. You know, it's so little reminders uh, and updates. So most faculty I see do this in the beginning of class. Uh, and the problem you run, the risk is, if it's like my classes, <laughs> students are late. So they come in, you know, five minutes late and you're like all right now i'm going to start the lecture or whatever and they missed all that and typically the students that are late especially consistently are the ones that need those housekeeping announcements more than the students that are there on time that like read it in the syllabus so that's just one last little tip for our faculty so i would love to hear your tips that you have things that you find helpful from a planning perspective um, to set you guys up for success, for goal achievement, with college, with teaching, uh, and, and in general, just with life. So hope you got some value out of this. Uh, I enjoyed doing it. This is like, you know, right in my wheelhouse. Uh, so I'm going to eventually make a document available. So if you didn't want to take notes today, um, and I, but I'm going to do it at the end. Uh, so I'll put these in the show notes, you know, just kind of bulleted, you know, overview of what we talked about today. But at no, at the end, I'm going to have like a, a matrix of each of the uh, executive functioning uh, issues or areas and then instructor strategies and uh, faculty, I'm sorry, student strategies. So you may just want to wait to the end and download that. It'll be a PDF. But not until the end of the series, because I don't want to give it away. Then you may not listen. <laughs> so really enjoyed uh, talking with you guys today. Next week, we will be back with an interview. So I look forward to that. I'm not going to tell you which one. Although if you are interested in some of the interviews I do have coming up, definitely uh, listen back to last week because I did give a, a rundown of that. So it will be one of those four. I have four interviews scheduled at the moment. Otherwise, take care. Have a great week, everybody. Uh, Fine-tune those goals this week. If you set a goal and did a half-assed job like I did, then um, work on sort of fine-tuning it or refining it and uh, sketching out the steps, putting in your calendar, whatever you got to do. Uh, take a planning, proactive stance to your goal achievement this, this week, this semester. All right. Have a great week. Take care. Peace.